Welcome to Boca, a podcast exploring the ever-blurring lines between the personal and business lives of professional photographers. This is your host, Nathan Holritz, and I'm so excited to have you join me in connecting with photographers and entrepreneurs in the photography industry as we discuss photography, building a business, and still having a life through it all. This podcast is brought to you by Photographer's Edit, custom post-production for the wedding and portrait photographer. And now, let's dive into conversation. Hey friends, hope you're having a great week. It is Thursday, we're almost at the end of the week, and you may be feeling a little bit overwhelmed, maybe tired, a bit stressed out. I get it, I know it. I've been a business owner for years and years, and I think this Boca podcast episode will be extremely helpful and applicable to your life at this stage. This is actually a little bit different format than we normally have for this podcast. Uh, normally, we're interviewing somebody from the photography industry and getting their take on business and finding out what they do to create freedom and flexibility for themselves in their lives and in their business. But last week, I started this two-part series about how to get your life back as a business owner, and it's just me. I'm just sharing some of the things that I've learned about this topic over the years, and I hope that you find them extremely helpful in your business and in your life. We talked last week about two big ideas that will help drive change in your business and in your life that will help you get that freedom and flexibility back that you're looking for. We talked about how to develop a big picture view. We talked about how to focus on the proactive versus the reactive. So if you haven't heard last week's episode, make sure you go back and listen to it. Of course, you can go to the Photographer's Edit blog to listen there. You can also subscribe, if you haven't already, to this podcast on the iTunes or Apple podcast app. So this week, we're going to take it a step further. We're going to get down to the, the nitty-gritty, the daily workflow, and we're going to talk about changes that you can make to your daily workflow as we implement systems that will help you save time and get more flexibility in your life. Now, you may already be cringing, rolling your eyes. You're an artist. How do structure, systems, and art coexist? I get it. I get the thought process. But the reality is that structure and art aren't mutually exclusive. They simply aren't. In fact, as business owners, we really don't have a choice but to implement some type of structure if we're going to get everything done that we need to. And it doesn't, of course, necessarily mean that you have to do it, but you've got to put the systems in place that enable others then to help you. Regardless, we need structure in our businesses, certainly in order to function, but even more so in order to gain additional freedom and flexibility back in our lives. And the cool thing is if you're willing to invest the time and the energy into developing the systems, implementing the systems in your business, it will actually free up more time so that you can focus on the art. So they're not, these, these concepts of structure and art, they're not mutually exclusive. It doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be ecstatic about systems and structure, but you're a business owner. You're an adult now, or I would assume at least most of you are. And this is just life. This is how it works. We need to implement a little bit of structure. And ultimately, again, if you're willing to make that investment up front, it'll have massive payoffs, even now, but certainly down the road. So what systems should we either implement or at least tweak in our businesses in order to enable us to have more freedom and flexibility in our lives as business owners? Well, let's just talk about time management, first of all, as kind of a general concept, because really everything that we're talking about in these two episodes has to do with managing time more effectively, right? But what does a schedule look like? And I do recommend a schedule. I don't recommend a very tight schedule. Uh, I personally don't want to be micromanaged. 
And so that means that I'm not going to, for example, break my day down into 15 minute segments or increments and make sure that I'm squeezing every single last, you know, piece of, uh, uh, or I'm putting all my energy into every single last minute. Um, that's, that's a little bit over the top overkill for me. I want to have that freedom and flexibility. I'm going to take advantage of that, but I also understand that I need some structure to help drive me or kind of push me through my day so I don't get too sidetracked and ultimately so that I can get the things done for my business that are important to its growth and its progress and then have freedom and flexibility, have time in my life. So what I want to share with you is a very loose structure or skeleton around which you might build your day. Now you may reorder these in a different way depending on your preferences and your lifestyle, but this is this is certainly my goal as far as my daily structure. First of all, health. I, I just went to the gym this morning. Uh, that's kind of how I like to start off my day. And my normal workout is about 20, 25 minutes or so. It doesn't take a whole lot of time, but it gives me a kind of a boost, a kickstart to my day. Of course, I'm taking care of my health. And uh, I personally, just as a bit of a side note here in case you're curious, I spend... Um, my, my favorite workout anyway, and what I find is the most effective workout for me is a high-intensity interval session on the elliptical machine. Now, you can Google high-intensity intervals or high-intensity interval training. Uh, I think you can also, uh, if you Google the Tabata method, that's, um, that is somebody who is very instrumental in kind of getting this, this movement started in high-intensity interval training. But that is a really effective and ultimately a very efficient way to both improve your health and manage your health. So first thing is health. Now, by the way, I understand not everybody's a morning person. The idea of getting up and doing that first thing in the morning may not be appealing, but I would venture that probably many, if not most of you, if you put that workout off until later in the day, it's probably not going to get done. So getting it out of the way first thing in the morning, not only do you not only is there a higher chance that you're actually going to get it done during the day, but it'll help give you that boost to get you moving. Step two to my day or kind of the second segment of my day would be education and inspiration. Today, I spent time uh, going over news and particularly industry news. Photography industry news is important to me. Tech news to a point just as a business owner and being in a kind of a semi-tech world. Uh, those two points are particularly important. I also subscribe to a number of uh, business-related blogs. Uh, to some design blogs as well. And well, I'm a motorcycle fan, so I also subscribe to uh, a feed of motorcycle news. But the photography news is particularly important. So I spent some time uh, reading that, uh, uh, reading some news this morning. And then this also might be a time where I would spend uh, reading a business book or a self help book, or maybe both. Right now, I'm in the middle of listening to an audiobook called Leadership and Self Deception. Um, offhand, I don't remember the the name of the author, but if you just go to Amazon and search that, you'll easily find it. Uh, really, really interesting book. I'm about halfway through. It's not actually specific just to business owners or to leaders or CEOs or otherwise. Um, very, very relevant to anyone thus far and really powerful, very eye-opening. It's been really good. Um, this is also a time which uh, I might take advantage of for meditation. And I'm not talking about anything too fancy or too extensive. Ten minutes of meditating. If you've never delved into the world of meditation, uh, I actually recommend a book to you called, oh, it's totally slipped my mind now, Michael Singer and, wow, let's see, 
Hold on one second here. We're going we're gonna to find out the name of this book. I'm, I'm actually moving over to my countertop. I'm sitting in my house here. It is called The Untethered Soul. I don't know why I always have a hard time remembering that. But Michael Singer and The Untethered Soul. Uh, ironically, despite my poor memory, uh, one of the most powerful books that I've read in the last three or four years and is particularly eye-opening when it comes to this topic of meditation, what meditation actually means. Because a lot of people get caught up in the uh, the idea that it you know, it's basically means clearing your mind. Well, if I sit and I, and I try to meditate, well, all these thoughts come through, and I don't know what to do with that. And uh, Michael Singer talks about that so-called voice in your head in that book, and it's, it's wow, the perspective that you can gain from that book is really fascinating. But uh, for me, meditation, the idea of meditation is sitting uh, at this stage for 10 minutes uh, and sitting in the quiet. And, and meditation is ultimately, I think, anyway, at the root level very much about allowing the noise in your head to kind of clear out and just being present. Um, so anyway, this is the segment of my day in which uh, I might meditate. Ideally, meditate a couple of times a day, but uh, at least here uh, kind of first thing in my day. Now, this second segment, education, inspiration, uh, once that's done, then the next segment of my day would be MITs, most important tasks. Uh, this may be a really common phrase. I, I think I saw it in a particular book, business-related book, um, quite a while back. But the idea here is that you're focusing on three or four most important tasks for your day. Uh, if you listen to last week's episode about proactive versus reactive, these would be tasks that are proactive in nature, uh, tasks that are moving your business forward. So let's say, for example, that you start to delve into these three or four tasks and you don't really get anything else done in your day. It's okay because you have focused your time and your effort and energy on things that are actually moving your business forward. So you can walk away from your work day and say, you know what? I didn't get everything done on my to-do list, but I got three or four really important tasks accomplished that are helping move my business forward. I did something today and you can feel good about it. So that would be the next segment of my day. And by the way, the reason it's important to kind of do this first thing as opposed to diving into email and who knows what else um, is that you're fresh, mentally fresh, and hopefully uh, most creative. I realize that some uh, would say that they're creative at different times of the day, and and so this would this would be an example of when you might shift your MITs to a different time of the day. But uh, my recommendation would be to do it first thing. Again, kind of like the workout. If you don't do it now, easily to, easy to get distracted by other other parts of your day, and then not get as much accomplished that is actually proactive in nature. Uh, so definitely focus on those MITs first thing. Uh, it's, and then we're going to jump to the fourth segment, which is communication. Um, now, communication, email, phone calls, maybe even social media, you could lump into communication. So you're not constantly checking social media all day. And trust me, I'm guilty of it. Uh, but communication, it's not that it's not a priority. Now, I'm, I'm fortunate enough that I am working with a staff that is helping me manage customer service, for example. So I don't have to be in email all day long doing customer service. You may not be in a situation as an individual photography business owner where uh, you can avoid email until two or three o'clock in the afternoon. I get that. Totally fine. Add an additional segment, maybe 11 o'clock in the morning. Just don't do it first thing in your day and don't do it all day long. So turn off notifications so you're not constantly reminded of incoming emails and social media notifications and so forth all day long. Schedule this time. We're going to actually talk about communication management here in just a bit, but schedule that time. And for me, that's in the afternoon, 2 to 3 o'clock uh, for phone calls, emails, 
etc. And uh, and then, of course, nothing is set in absolute stone, right? There's space in between these segments of my day to do other things if need be, uh, or maybe just to, to uh, take a break of some kind. Um, you know, maybe get out and ride the bike for, uh, I say bike, motorcycle for 30 minutes just to kind of clear my head and reset and then get back into it. Uh, that's the wonder of being a business owner, of being your own boss. And so take advantage of that. But this is a general, kind of a loose structure that will help drive your day, move you through your day, and help you be more effective and more efficient and ultimately move your business forward as well, but certainly have more freedom and flexibility in the end. Okay, so time management, that's the first system uh, that I would encourage you, you put some type of time management system in place. Second system, task management. Now, this sounds really nerdy, geeky. I get it, but the reality is, as business owners, we have things that have to get done. Tasks, uh, projects. In fact, it's really important to differentiate between the two. A project is made up of multiple tasks. You wouldn't say, for example, I'm going to go clean my garage. That's not an individual task. It's made up of multiple steps. And more than likely, if you listed, I'm going to clean my garage and it's going to take three hours, as an individual task, you're going to be overwhelmed by it. You're going to put it off. You're not going to get it done. If you break that project up into multiple tasks that maybe take 10 or 15 or 20 minutes, you're more likely to, to knock those tasks out and eventually actually get that project done. So it's important to differentiate between projects and tasks. Um, but it's ultimately, what I want to encourage you to do is to put a system in place to manage your projects and tasks. First of all, make sure it's not on paper. Um, if, I mean, ultimately, if you're getting it done great, using paper, that is, um, that's great. But paper is not the most efficient way to manage all that you have to do. I would encourage you to take advantage of an electronic system that isn't going to simply get lost. Uh, one that you can, uh, that is certainly web-based, so it gives you the flexibility to access it anywhere you go. Uh, one that has a mobile app, again, for the same reason. And one that is simple. There are a lot of task and project management apps or systems out there that get unnecessarily complicated or convoluted, uh, in many cases just poorly designed. Uh, pick a really simple system. Now, I'm personally using a system right now called Todoist, T-O-D-O-I-S-T, Todoist.com. They have a web app. They have a Mac-based app. They have, I think they have a Windows-based app. They certainly have mobile apps. Uh, it gives me a lot of flexibility for those reasons, but... It's a really clean, simple system that also has, of course, the ability to be able to differentiate between projects and tasks. They call them lists uh, instead of projects, but projects and tasks. Uh, I have the ability to be able to tag individual tasks proactive, reactive, so that's really nice. Um, and I can actually filter for proactive tasks to focus on those. And then uh, it also even gives me the ability to be able to, to work with a team to delegate tasks. So that's a bonus. If you can find a system um, that will do that, that's even better because whether you're working with an in-house person or you're subcontracting another company outside of your business, being able to communicate with them and manage a task or manage a project instead of going back and forth in this massive long email thread, which is extremely inefficient to, to track all the information through, you can do that with a task or project management system. And um, again, Todoist is one that has that functionality built into it. So take advantage of, of a system like Todoist. Okay, so that's task management. We talked about time management, task management systems. Now communication management. I alluded to this earlier, but having a system in place to manage communication effectively and efficiently is really important. I already mentioned the importance of scheduling it, of not leaving notifications on all day long, you know, whether it's on your computer, that dinging sound, or the same on your phone. 
uh, I, that would drive me mad. In fact, I don't even turn, um, I don't even have the little badge app icon that tells me how many emails are in my inbox because what do you, what is your tendency? You're going to be drawn to that. You want to go look at it. I turn all of that stuff off. And then that allows me the freedom, the fl flexibility, the focus um, to really put my attention toward whatever task I have at hand. Uh, and then when it's time for communication, again, for me, that's you know two, three o'clock in the afternoon. For you, that might be a couple of times a day. Uh, then I can go to the communication and handle it. Really important that you establish the structure for your communication so that you work more efficiently, you're able to focus more effectively. Okay, so that's the third system. And really, that's very, very simple. It's, it's a matter of scheduling it, and of course, along with that, turning off notifications. Data management. Now, this is the fourth system. Data management, again, it sounds really nerdy, geeky, but we've got a lot of stuff to manage, digital stuff to manage these days as business owners. And if you don't have a system in place, um, I've seen a lot of computer or laptop desktops, uh, the screens, right? You've got folders and files strewn all over the place. And if somebody says, hey, where is this thing or that thing? There's no telling how long it would take you to, to find it <laughs> because you don't have a system in place. So I want to recommend to you a really simple system uh, to manage both uh, what were really all of your digital files. And let's talk first of all about documents or anything text related. The data management system that I recommend to you for that is Evernote. Evernote, if you're not using it already, is a, an extremely, extremely powerful application that, is, that costs little to no money uh, to use, but it gives you the opportunity to be able to, uh, has a powerful search functionality that allows you to be able to search all of your documents and or text files and organize those documents and or text files into simple folders. Uh, and what that allows, for example, for me, I, I will move, if I have uh, photos of receipts that I need to share with my accountant or tax documents that I need to share with my accountant at the end of the year, I can very easily do that because through the year I've been taking these pictures and dropping those documents into the appropriate folders. And then in, come tax time, I can just share those folders with my accountant. Really, really powerful. Of course, that would go along with um, QuickBooks or whatever other system you might be using. We'll talk about that here in just a second. But it's extremely convenient for organization, for search, and ultimately for sharing of documents, text files, um, PDFs. Uh, it can even search PDFs or even JPEG files. And I've got, at this point, a bunch of folders. And uh, I can look here and see. I'm, I'm actually looking at my app. How many... Um, how many documents I have. I, I think the last time I looked, I'm not seeing this number right here, but maybe over 8,000 documents. Uh, I've used this for quite some time. You talk about a wealth of uh, knowledge and information there. I do save, I've saved articles at times, certainly information associated with business, business planning, accounting. Um, I mean, the list goes on and on. Now, I'm a bit of a, a nerd when it comes to this stuff. You don't necessarily have to be to OCD about the structure and the organization within the system. The key is that you have a place to put the documents, that that information is searchable. My recommendation is that you at least title those documents or those text files with clear titles, so that's easily searchable. Uh, titles that are easily uh, remembered or just logical to search. Uh, but then ideally creating at least a few folders that separates those documents um, 
in a logical fashion would also be uh, ideal. So get started with Evernote. And, and if it seems overwhelming to start doing that, by the way, we are in 2016. So if you don't, if, if you're still using folders like physical, tangible folders and files in a filing cabinet, uh, it's time to get caught up with 2016. Start scanning those documents or taking pictures with, you can use the Evernote app on your phone to take a photo and uh, convert it for Evernote or put it in Evernote. You can use a scanner. If you've got a lot of documents that need to be moved into Evernote, I have a scanner called the ScanSnap. Fujitsu makes the ScanSnap really powerful. Again, very easy to use. But get those documents into a digital management and organizational system like Evernote. Really, really important to get started. Just start today. Even if you're not going to backtrack, start today with everything moving forward that is document or text related. Move it into Evernote. The second piece of data management, okay, we've, we're talking about documents and text files for everything else, every other type of media, so photos, video, graphics, Photoshop actions, etc. Dropbox, that is my go-to system. Now, I realize there are other cloud-based storage systems at this point. I like Dropbox for its simplicity, for its integration with the, the folder and file structure on my computer. It's really easy to use, and it's also easy to share documents. I'm sorry, share files. Uh, if you would like as well. But I have a very simple file structure in my Dropbox folder that syncs with the cloud. Of course, I have access to it then on my phone, on my desktop or laptop rather, uh, and also online if I'm somewhere else. But I have, I'm just going to list out the simple folders that I have in my basic folder structure in Dropbox. And this is where I keep all my files. So the first folder is to do. Uh, and, and of course, my folders are ordered alphabetically naturally. So I put a little uh, at symbol in front of to do so it automatically moves that folder to the top. But any tasks that require some type of file, uh, I would put the files in the to do folder. That's the idea there. Um, I have a folder in here called one password that synchronizes the data between my password management systems on my phone and my computer and the cloud uh, apps. There is a folder here that's created um, for the sake of, I think, backing up data maybe. Um, but there, there's that folder. So you can kind of ignore that one. If you have certain apps that, that utilize Dropbox, you might find that folder though. And the camera uploads, I actually use Dropbox for um, backing up photos from my camera roll. I don't use the iCloud system. I haven't been a huge fan of it thus far. Uh, again, Dropbox is so simple. And I can create the organization that I need to in Dropbox. Uh, in the future, I may move to a different system, but for right now, I use Dropbox. So anything in my camera roll uploads to Dropbox. It synchronizes uh, to the cloud, of course, to the desktop. And uh, so that's the folder, the next folder there. Data. If I want to create manual backups, these days you don't really have to do this so much. But occasionally, for example, I might back up uh, my Google contacts, just in case something goes wrong in the process of synchronizing or otherwise. I could back up my Google Calendar as well. I think you can export a, um, a file uh, from Google Calendar. I use the Google system. Uh, Chrome bookmarks. And uh, I use a, a, a program called Text Expander that saves uh, keyboard shortcuts and associates them with uh, bits of text. And it saves me a lot of time in the process of typing. I can, I can create a backup of those shortcuts as well. So I've got those in here and so forth. But this is just a data backup folder. DMG, again, this is also not as applicable anymore. 
Uh, with most apps, you can, you're downloading them, at least if you're on a Mac anyway, you're downloading them from an app store. If not, though, and you have to download an installation file or files, uh, that's, this is where I put those installation files. So I can go back to them. If I, if I do a clean install of my computer's operating system, I can pull them back up and, uh, and use them to reinstall applications. Multimedia, this is a really big folder. And just very quickly, I'm going to list the other folders. I'm not going to list all the subfolders, but the, the next set of folders under multimedia, audio, graphics, photo, video, color profiles, of course, for managing um, the, the color of my screens, computer screens, uh, downloads, Photoshop actions, presentations, royalty-free music, shared PE content. This is for sharing um, with my my photographer's edit team member and then uh, our, my uh, I say member we have multiple members but um, but Justin is helping us with our marketing at the moment and um, doing an incredible job of it but this allows me to be able to share content with him share a folder with him and then signature uh, I have digital signatures so that that goes into the multimedia folder and there's a lot there uh, you know, graphics, for example, the logos associated with my businesses, photo, that's pretty self-explanatory, video as well, audio for podcasts, etc. cetera, uh, royalty-free music, if I want to create, um, for example, the music that I might use with our podcast or video content or otherwise. Uh, so that's my multimedia folder. Personal, pretty straightforward. I won't read through the subfolders there. Uh, and then photographer's edit. Uh, this was, I created a little while back for um, testing interaction with our photographers at a website. Uh, so not necessarily applicable to you, but then screenshots, uh, Dropbox, you can set up Dropbox to automatically save screenshots to this folder, back them up. And I do a lot of work with screenshots for various reasons. And so I have Dropbox set up that way and it saves my screenshots. And then uh, yet another text expander backup as well. So those are the folders in my Dropbox. And that may not be the folder structure that you use. The, the key here is that you're creating some type of structure organization where you can move every single folder or file um, that you are working with as a photographer um, into Dropbox. Now, the exception to that is photo backup. So this is the third part of managing data that we need to get to, right? There's actually a third part. If, if I mentioned earlier, just two pieces. Evernote and Dropbox handles everything immediate uh, on our computer with the exception of all of these shoots that you're doing, weddings, portrait sessions, uh, et cetera, and forgive any background noise that you might be hearing there. Um, there's a, a leaf blower being used outdoors. <laughs> I'm sitting here in my, my apartment. But um, image backup for photographers is, is a really important topic. If you don't have a system in place for managing image backup, you need to. And I actually want to recommend a really simple system to you. So, First of all, it's really important um, that you are using, uh, or actually I would suggest to you that you have two external backup systems. One on-site, whether that's at your studio or at your home. One off-site. You could put that at a family or friend's home. Ideally, these, these backups, these hard drives, uh, or maybe RAID systems, if you use a system like Drobo, uh, will be going in a fireproof or at least fire-resistant safe, uh, waterproof as well. And... These two backups uh, will just give you redundancy very simply. If something were to happen, if your house were to burn down and you lose, or your studio were to burn down and you were to lose that data, you've got a second um, backup elsewhere. Uh, these days, of course, we're also uploading images to galleries in the cloud. So maybe you'll have a third backup. That's great. 
I used to put the offsite backup, um, the offsite physical backup in the bank vault. That may be a little over the top, but the idea here would be to have three, uh, I'm sorry, two physical backups on site and offsite. I do recommend these days, especially with the way that technology has improved so significantly, that unless you're using, wanting to use a RAID system, um, that you use just these small external drives. Um, Western Digital is the brand that I use for the longest time, and I may even still have some. But they're, they're pocket size, very small, but they can fit an extreme, or an incredible amount of data on them. They're very easy to move around. And I do recommend uh, moving forward, the prices have come down enough at this point that you use uh, flash-based memory instead of the, the moving hard drive, which can break more easily and is not as quick at moving data, use flash-based memory. And if you just do a search on Amazon, you'll find a variety of options there as well. But once it comes to actually using or moving data photos to the external drive, let me just give you a really simple folder structure on that hard drive. So of course, we're going to start with the year. Um, and this is going to be a very simple system. There's no need to overcomplicate it. And, and you'll notice that we're naming these folders in such a way that, again, they're very logical, uh, very easy to search. So we're going to start. You've got this. Let's say you have a clean external hard drive. You're going to, the first folder on there is going to be the year, so 2016. And then in that folder, the first folder that you will see or create will be, will be named a client's name. So we'll just call this client Smith. And then in that folder, the type of shoot, so let's say it's a portrait session that you shot or a wedding, underscore the date. Okay, and then in that folder, there are going to be three different items, two folders and a catalog. You're going to have the originals folder. That's pretty self-explanatory. Your raw images, or if you're shooting JPEG, your JPEG images, but the untouched images. Then a second folder, edited. Again, pretty self-explanatory. And then a third item, which is the Lightroom catalog. I'm, I'm hoping, uh, assuming that you are processing your images in Lightroom at this stage. Uh, of course, Aperture has been phased out of... of Apple's development efforts. Lightroom really is the go-to solution for processing images efficiently. I'm not talking about retouching. Uh, it does offer retouching. Photoshop still the more powerful tool there. But for bulk processing efficiently, Lightroom is the go-to solution. And Lightroom catalogs house that data um, associated with processing your images. And uh, all right, you can you can use XMP files as well. The Lightroom catalog is the most efficient way. So I'm going to assume you're using Lightroom, and I would recommend creating a Lightroom catalog for each shoot, and you can store that catalog here. So again, that folder structure, if you're taking notes, uh, of course, the year, but then client name, type of shoot, underscore date, and then under in that folder, originals, edited, and then the Lightroom catalog. And that's how you're going to back back this up. Now, you may not want to store all the originals in that secondary, that off-site backup. Uh, if you just want to save your edited files there, awesome. You could still utilize most of the organizational structure I just suggested to you. But that is this very simple image backup process. All right, so that's data management for you, again, to use that kind of nerdy phrase. And then the last system here, and we're coming to the end of uh, today's episode, is financial management. Now, this might seem like a given, but you need to have a system in place to effectively and efficiently manage all of your finances, certainly associated with your business, I would hope also for your personal finances, but have a system in place. Um, 
the biggest mistake that I made early on in business was not having a system in place to manage my finances. And I know based on, on conversation or overhearing conversations otherwise that uh, I, I don't think every one of you out there in the photography industry are effectively managing your finances in, in the sense that you have a system in place to input all your data, to study, analyze your numbers, see where your business is at, know what kind of profit you're actually making, and of course handle taxes. So if you don't have a system in place yet, if you're still... I realize Excel is really powerful, but my goodness, you you have um, systems purpose-made for managing your finances. And, and fortunately, at this point, this stage, they're very easy to use. Um, all the all of the, uh, the tools are there. You don't have to create them. You don't have to learn Excel. You can just plug the data in to a system like QuickBooks Online, and that's certainly the one that I'm going to recommend to you. And, and then it spits out reports. Done. And, uh, and then, of course, you can also share that data with your accountant very easily because it's based in the cloud. So look for something. If it's not QuickBooks Online, look for something that's web-based, again, for the sake of sharing, that has a simple interface, it's intuitive. QuickBooks Online is definitely that. And sure, it's going to be, I don't know, 40 bucks a month or whatever the case, but for, the, for what you're going to be able to do for your business and your personal life, effectively managing your finances, it is way beyond worth that few bucks a month uh, to implement a system like that. All right, so that's it. Those are your systems to either implement or at least tweak if you aren't already. Time management, task management, communication management, data management, and financial management. Guys, if you, again, if I mentioned, if you apply those concepts, those big ideas that uh, I talked about in the last episode, you're already way ahead in getting your life back as a business owner. But it will take a little bit of extra effort, time, effort, energy to implement, to, to kind of take you, uh, take your, your uh, I'm sorry, your time management to the next level. And that is by changing your workflow and implementing systems. But I promise you, if you're willing to implement these systems, implement a little bit of structure in your life, you will make you'll see a massive, massive change as a business owner in the amount of freedom and the flexibility that you have in your business and in your life. Thanks so much for listening to the Boca Podcast. If you'd like to hear a particular photographer or entrepreneur in a future episode, don't hesitate to email me, nathan at photographersedit.com. The Boca Podcast is brought to you by Photographers Edit, custom post-production for the wedding and portrait photographer.